Welcome to The Art of Medicine, the program that explores the arts, business, and clinical aspects of the practice of medicine. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner, and my guest today is Dr. Armin Feldman. Before we get started, I'd just like to thank all my listeners on uh, podcast streamers and watchers on uh, YouTube. It's just great. So thanks for your support. If you're familiar with Patreon, I just opened an account, so your acknowledgments are welcome there as well. Now let's get started with our program today. Welcome, Dr. Feldman. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Dr. Feldman, thanks for returning to the program. You were on about a year ago, so it's uh, great to catch up. And I'm sure you have some new information for us. And uh, I want to know what's happened in the last year, too, in terms of the marketplace. We're going to be talking about, I don't know, legal stuff, how physicians can earn extra income working with the, let's call it the legal industry. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So uh, it's a pleasure to be back. And uh, very nice to see you. It's kind of amazing that a year has passed. Uh, between uh, our episodes. So, uh, and I'm excited to uh, talk about this subject, obviously. Now, uh, by way of background, you're a psychiatrist. So uh, we don't have to spend, you know, too much time on the couch there, but I'm just, mm -hmm. you know, how did that seg into uh, medical legal? Sure. So um, actually, uh, I'm trained as a, psychi a psychiatrist and psychoanalyst, by the way, but um, when anybody asks me what my specialty is now, I tell them it's forensic medicine because um, I'm not really doing psychiatry anymore. And um, <clears throat> the uh, kind of work that I do, I answer any kind of medical question that comes up in a case. Uh, so um, even though my background is psychiatry, I've learned such a tremendous amount of medicine has been part of the fun of, of doing this. But um, I used to own out, I have to answer your question. So I used to own outpatient head injury rehabilitation clinics around the country. And my specialty actually turned in psychiatry turned out to be mild traumatic brain injury. And uh, way back when I uh, started getting cases from um, some of the, uh, actually a friend of mine who's now been, we've been friends for over uh, 30 years. And he, he is a personal injury attorney, started sending me cases and one thing led to another. And I got this special interest in mild traumatic brain injury, wound up owning outpatient head injury rehabilitation clinics around the country, uh, which I was very fortunate to sell. And after that time, I was thinking, well, what do I want to do next? I had testified as an expert witness really more times than I want to remember uh, on behalf of uh, my patients who were either cut off of their medical care or offered just some pittance of a settlement. And after I saw the clinics, I thought, well, maybe what I could do is just consult on any kind of medical question that comes up in a case. And, the, the, uh, and that it turned out to be a good th thing. It filled a niche. Uh, and now I've been doing this for 14 years. What I'm doing is really turned into a new subspecialty of forensic medicine. And the work is all pre-trial, pre-litigation. Um, it's all in the service of helping the attorney to um, 
increase the case value, but get the appropriate medical care for their clients, negotiate uh, the medical issues in their cases and settle the case. And in the areas of the law in which I work, which is primarily personal injury and workers' compensation, probably nine out of every 10 cases settle. And that's where we as medical, and now I've trained over 1600 physicians around the country, but, um, and that's where we come in. We're, we are medical consultants in cases. We are not medical experts. Um, and so um, we're helping the attorney in those uh, partic uh, particular ways with some very specific services that help them to uh, better and more successfully negotiate and settle the case. Now, in that one or maybe two, but uh, one out of 10 case that they can't negotiate and settle and they have to take to trial. Well, then at that point, they're going to need medical experts in every area of injury. But for the purpose, the way our legal system works is that physicians are able to render medical opinions about medical questions. But uh, for the purpose of negotiating and settling the case, what the attorney needs are, uh, well-reasoned, well-thought-out, backed up by evidence from the literature, medical opinions, reports, and other services that are going to help them to uh, help their injured client uh, and better negotiate and settle the case. So a physician uh, in any specialty can learn how to do this work. And as I mentioned, for me, that's been part of the fun. So uh, you know, I'm in no position to do any orthopedic or neurosurgery, but I'd certainly put my knowledge base of spine injuries, rotator cuff injuries, other things, complex regional pain syndrome, uh, a whole variety of things. I put my knowledge base up against anyone at this point. So if a physician just wants to stay in their lane, you know, if they just like their specialty, uh, then this isn't for them. But if you really love medicine and you uh, enjoy all aspects of medicine and, and you find medicine exciting, uh, then this could be for you. Well, I, there's a lot there. And I think, well, first, the, the most striking part of your story is that you're actually friends with a personal injury attorney. That, <laughs> that, that, that caught my attention. And for 30 years, so that's great. You know, I did, when I came to town about four years ago, I did reach out to some of the local attorneys and I said, you know, I'm an epilepsy specialist, just want you to know I'm here. Nobody returned my calls. Right. So let's say this is something I want to do. You know, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you market yourself in a, you know, a, an appropriate professional and effective way? Right, right. That's a very good question. And, um, uh, at the risk of sounding like it's a shameless plug, but th that's part of my training program. So uh, the training program that I have is really about, and then I'll answer your question, but the training program I have is really about two things. It's about the medicine you need to know, but it's also about the question that you just asked me. It's on the business side, which is how do you start up, but more importantly, how do you successfully uh, obtain and run a medical legal consulting business that's going to uh, sustain, be sustaining, uh, be lucrative and so forth. So in answer to your question, um, what you did is would be a good start, but um, you really need a um, concentrated uh, and specific kind of marketing plan 
that's going to first get you the your attorney clients and then keep them long term. So what I can tell you about the marketing plan is, first of all, it doesn't have anything to do with advertising. And in fact, it doesn't have to have anything to do with spending money. What, what it has to do with is old-fashioned elbow grease. So there's no getting around the fact that you have to uh, call and then meet with attorneys face-to-face -to, -face to get them interested in what it is that you're doing. And then once you get them interested and you actually get some cases from them, you have to do what marketers call, you have to maintain top of mind consciousness because um, if you don't do that, even your best customers, you know, your best clients will forget about you. So um, how to do that, scripts to do that, plan to do that, step-by-step -step plans to do that, that's all of part of what I teach. But um, what I can tell you about that is the first step is you gotta get in front of that attorney and educate that attorney and really uh, help them to understand what it is that you can bring to the case that they don't have right now uh, that's uh, going to help them more successfully uh, uh, represent their injured client. How do I know what my competition is? You know, right. I, maybe there's a hundred guys like me already in town already doing that. Or is there may be. Yeah, there may be if you're uh, looking to do expert witness work, right? There have been probably probably been physicians doing expert witness work for hundreds of years, right? Uh, maybe since the 16th or 17th century. Um, but what I do and what I teach uh, does is so you have a lot of competition. If you say I'm an epilepsy specialist. There are probably um, many epilepsy specialists across the country that they could turn to. Um, but what we're doing is uh, helping that. Uh, and if they go to trial, they're going to need you, right? Uh, if the, there's an epilepsy issue uh, as part of the damages in the case. Um, but what we're doing is helping the attorney uh, on what happens with the vast majority of their cases, uh, which is to better negotiate and settle them. So let me give you a simple uh, ex example. So um, let me give you two very short examples. Attorney calls me, says that their 22-year-old client was rear-ended with qu quite a great deal of force. Six hours after the accident, she had appendicitis and had an appendectomy. So the attorney wanted to know, well, is that, was that because of the accident? And I, you know, I'm thinking on the telephone, mm, probably not, you know? So I go to the literature and I find out, well, blunt force trauma to the abdomen, particularly in teens and young adults, can precipitate uh, appendicitis. Uh, this woman was 22 years old, even though she was properly restrained, was hit with enough force, her abdomen, smashes into the steering wheel. So it was my opinion to a reasonable degree of medical probability after interviewing her and reading all the records and going to the literature uh, that uh, blunt force trauma to the abdomen uh, and the auto accident itself was, a, was the immediate and proximate cause, the direct cause uh, of her appendicitis. And that was then included as a damage in the case. So that's a simple example. But so when I first started, let's say I wrote a report on a um, rotator cuff injury, and the attorney was trying to get something settled in the case, right? So um, I, I do the same thing, talk to the attorney, 
read the medical records, interview the client, uh, go to the literature, uh, and then write a report. And my report goes over to opposing counsel. Well, what's opposing counsel going to do? They're going to look me up, right? So uh, they call, of course, this never happens anymore. And it doesn't happen to people that I train after they get started. But so they pick up the phone and say, well, why should I pay attention to Dr. Feldman's report? Uh, he's not an expert in rotator cuff injuries. And the attorney that hires me is going to say, well, Dr. Feldman works as a medical consultant for me in all my cases. And if we can't get this issue negotiated out in the settlement, and you force me to take this case to trial, when I hire my retained orthopedic expert, they're going to say exactly what Dr. Feldman said in his report. In fact, the orthopedic expert is going to be relying on the same literature that Dr. Feldman quoted in his report. So let's get this settled. So that's how it works on kind of a practical basis. How long would it take um, to sort of, you mentioned in each of those cases, say all of your homework there to put it together? Is it a five hour, 50 hours? What, yeah. what, is that, what does it take? Yeah, good question. So the average case takes somewhere between maybe five and 12 hours. So um, on a case um, uh, like the, the first one I um, described, maybe that's a five, six hour case. Uh, on the second case, maybe that was a 10 hour case. Now you mentioned that you interview the, uh, the client. Now, mm -hmm. is that a, a phone interview in person? Do you examine them? Do you do a medical exam? So you kind of see if you know, there's really legitimate, you know, right. do, you, do you do any of that? No physical exam. So um, in the olden days, I used to do those by phone. Now, primarily, I'll do them by Zoom meeting, right? And um, if somebody were to ask me what I'm doing, I would say, well, I'm just clarifying the medical records. But uh, I'm actually doing a very careful history of the present illness and history of whatever past. But you're not practicing medicine. Pro well, that's debatable, but probably not, right? I mean, uh, it is primarily a chart review. Uh, with clarification from the um, uh, client of the attorney, the injured person. But in my reports, I'll say the client stated, the client reported, the client states that uh, uh, he now has uh, seven over 10 pain on a pain rating scale with zero representing no pain and 10 representing pain severe enough to lose consciousness. So, so I am uh, keeping it in what I was hinting at is, do I need special malpractice insurance to do this kind of work? Right. There are two answers to that question. Let me give you the bottom line answer. If a physician is concerned about that, they should hire an attorney in their state to give them a written opinion uh, as to whether or not that they need it. Now, I've done over 3,000. Uh, I'm not an attorney. Uh, I, I don't think you need that kind of insurance. Um, I've done over 3,000 cases. Um, never say never, but I, I've never come close to a hint of anybody suing me. I, I, think, I think I do a good job. I could get sued anyway. But the, the, I think the reason is in the bottom, at the bottom line, what I am hired to do is render medical opinion. So if I render that medical opinion in good faith, I talk to the attorney, I read the medical records, I do the appropriate research, I synthesize all the data, maybe I'll talk to a treating doctor, and then I'll put my opinions together to what I think's going on in the case. If I do that, it's kind of hard to sue someone if you hired them to render a medical opinion and it's rendered in good faith. Do I need to be an active practice? 
to do that. Uh, yeah, you know, if you want to be an expert witness, you have to be practicing. For this kind of work, um, it's really not necessary because, first of all, you're you're relying on your medical knowledge and experience, but and you're a generalist, right? So there are physicians that instead of retiring, do this work. Uh, uh, some physicians do it full time, but and the vast majority are doing it as part of, as a, you know, the current term is a part as a side gig, right? So the vast majority of physicians that do this do it at part time as a side gig. Because 12 hours a week or per case. I, oh, so what's the timeline? You get that phone call. Hey, I want you to review this record. It's going to take you a day or so. And I, I want it tomorrow. You know, how much, what's the lead time usually on something yeah. like that? That's also a great question. I have a funny story about that. So, um, I have an internal policy that I don't really advertise that I try to turn around my cases in two to three weeks. Uh, and in our, our legal system works on what I dub legal time. Now, legal time is different than real time. It's different than doctor time for sure. Um, it just moves more slowly. So I had an attorney uh, client call me and say, look, I need you to do a medical summary report, uh, but we're under a time crunch. And I said, okay, give me my time parameters. He said, I absolutely need your report in the next two months. So it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like VA time. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah okay. So, well, okay. Because, you know, I have weeks where I have free time, but I have weeks where I don't have right. an hour and I'd hate right. to say no, you know, you don't want to start saying no, that's probably going right. to be, right. you know, the end of that relationship. If you say, well, yeah, I'm too busy. That's no good. Right. It, absolutely. That's no, that's no good. All right. So probably not much liability risk. No. Uh, it depends on your availability. So then I guess it's, what's the, what's, what do they call it? The, uh, ROI, what's the return on investment here? What, why should I do it? Am I going to get $50 an hour or $500 an hour, or does it charge right. by the hour or the case? Yeah. So I charge by the hour. I have one hourly fee for everything that I do. Um, now, uh, you may be aware of this, but there are federal trade regulations uh, about talking about hourly fees in groups. And uh, it's actually a, a $71,000 fine for every time you do that. So we can't really talk specifics about uh, fees. But what I can say is, and what I, how I've advised physicians over the years is do an informal survey of your colleagues. Determine what you think is the average fee per hour for doing medical expert work in your community. Uh, and you wanna come in under the expert. So if you're half or two thirds of what the experts are charging based on your own idea about that, you're in the right ballpark. If you actually do that, you will be very pleasantly surprised at what our hourly fee can be. Well, I know medical expert uh, rates can be pretty high relative right. to everything else. And, right. uh, but that's one thing I don't do because of the possibility of having to go to court. I'd love to right. give an opinion based on, uh, documents and, you know, reviewing the case and thinking about it in literature, but having to go to court would really mess up the rest of my, uh, my routine. Right. 
Well, the attorneys that I work with understand this. Every once in a while, I have to explain it to them. But if, uh, by the way, I've done over 3,000 cases. I have acted as an expert once. It was a favor to the attorney. Uh, her main um, wit physician witness passed away. And so I, uh, and I live in Denver. The case was in Montrose up in the mountains. She flew me to, to Montrose on what the uh, flight attendant called the Vomit Express. But um, the, uh, uh, that's the only time I've acted as an expert. I've never been deposed. And the reason is, uh, this is a legal term, but Every, my attorney, even opposing counsel, is going to stipulate to the fact I'm not an expert in everything. So what's the point, right? So um, my opinions carry weight in the negotiation process, but if they're actually going to court, they need experts. Okay, so why haven't I heard of this before, I guess? Yeah, um, again, I, uh, at the risk of sounding boastful, think I'm a fairly modest person, but nobody was doing this before I started doing it 14 years ago. So I started this field, I developed it over the years. Uh, and uh, unless someone's been trained by me, there just aren't doctors doing this. Now, I'm sure there are doctors that do some of the things that we do or do it informally, but as a kind of formal subspecialty, uh, it's no. So you're comfortable uh, training new competition? Yeah, yeah. Every one of these businesses is a local business by the nature of the um, business itself, by the nature of the marketing of the business, by the nature of forming long-term relationships with your clients. Um, every business is a local business. I've trained physicians in Denver uh, to do this because um, you need a population base of around 250,000 people to have enough of the right kind of attorneys to support one physician doing this full time. So uh, in, in any you know, moderate to big city, uh, there, there can be several physicians doing this. And I, I've never even bumped into the people that I've trained here in Denver. Okay, so let's say I'm on board, I wanna give it a try. How do I get in touch with you, Armin? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so go to um, mdbizcon.com, it's MD, medical doctor, B-I-Z, short for business, C-O-N, short for consulting, mdbizcon.com. There's information. That's great. I'll put that in the show notes. I'll put it up here on uh, on YouTube. So even if you're listening, you can look at the show notes and it, it'll be there. Well, Dr. Great. Feldman, this has been great. I learned a lot. It's nice to know this opportunity is out there to practice medicine. You know, so many doctors are looking for non-clinical careers. Right. This this sounds a lot more intriguing and stimulating than doing a chart review for an insurance company. So yeah. uh, I think uh, taking your class might be uh, well worthwhile. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. So, uh, and again, always a pleasure to see and talk with you. Well, thanks for appearing on The Art of Medicine. This program is hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Wilner, MD, FACP, FAAN. Guests receive no financial compensation for their appearance on The Art of Medicine. Andrew Wilner, MD, is Associate Professor of Neurology at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center, Memphis, Tennessee. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on this program belong solely to Dr. Wilner and his guests 
and not necessarily to their employers, organizations, or other group or individual. While this program intends to be informative, it is meant for entertainment purposes only. The Art of Medicine does not offer professional financial, legal, or medical advice. Dr. Wilner and his guests assume no responsibility or liability for any damages, financial or otherwise, that arise in connection with consuming this program's content. Thanks for watching. For more episodes of The Art of Medicine, please subscribe www.andrewwilner.com